Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So much going on in the sports world today. This just in from the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders say, quote, they are hopeful that Chandler Jones receives the care that he needs. He, his family, and all those involved are in our thoughts. As this is now a legal matter, we will not be providing further comment. If you've been following this story at all with Chandler Jones, it's it's a sad story. Uh, he came out with a few posts on social media that he's saying that he was taken to uh, a mental hospital, you know, without it being his decision, and that he called the Raiders and he didn't get any help from them. It's been a weird saga. I didn't talk about it really because I didn't understand the facts. Uh, but the Raiders just put out that men- that note there that they hope he receives the care that he needs. Uh, Stub. Did you see this story from ESPN about the Philadelphia Phillies and what a fan tried to bring into their ballpark yesterday? I did not see the story. All right. Consider yourself warned, all right? <laughs> we all know about emotional support dogs, right? Honestly, I kind of need one. I, 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 I really do. I love dogs so much. That's why we say if AWOD gets first place, he's going to get a puppy. I just need a first place bonus a little extra money in my pocket. I'll be able to go get a dog. I love pets. I want a puppy so badly. There's so I mean, it feels like every guy in Scott's Edition right now has a dog. I'm the only guy that's dogless. But I've never been interested in an emotional support alligator. Yeah, you heard that <laughs> right. An emotional support alligator. All right? Here's the story from ESPN. On Wednesday night, Joy Henny arrived for the game accompanied by Wally. Wally, a five foot alligator on a leash. The well, animal it was on a leash. The animal policy at home of the Philadelphia Phillies clearly states that service dogs or service dogs in training are welcomed at Citizen Bake Park, but all other animals are prohibited. I mean, could this have been a service alligator in training? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what the hell is this, dude? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> what service is it providing? Like, I know. I know. Defense? Yeah. No, no, no. If you try to eat my fries, my alligator's <laughs> going to bite your fingers off, you know? <laughs> like, what else could you be thinking? That's, you know what? That's another reason for us to destroy the Philadelphia Eagles. Because Philadelphia people are stupid. How the hell do you think that you're going to walk into a public place like that with a five-foot alligator on a leash? You know, not like a, you know, not a little lizard. You know, not a little iguana. You know, not something that's like six to ten inches. A five-foot alligator on a leash. Are you freaking kidding me? Where do you even get this from? (laughs) He's getting any seat he wants if he gets in there. Yeah, honestly. My goodness. Honestly, if I went to a baseball game and I saw an alligator, I would run and scream. I I wouldn't I wouldn't joke around. You know, I you know, some people they always see these stories of people they try to put their hand between the alligator's mouth and they try to, you know, punch it on the top of their head. All those idiots. I would run for my life. You never know what that alligator's gonna do. Five foot alligator? That's no joke. We're hearing all these stories in Florida, you know? And now you're hearing in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park, you got Joe Joy Henny arriving with Wally. Are you kidding me? 
I would have assumed it was a Dolphins game that this happened at because <laughs> I think it's easier to get crocodiles there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, where where she, where she even get this alligator in Florida? And and no, you know what? You're speaking of something, Christopher. Do you know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? I've never known except for you know see a while af- alligator and after a while crocodile. I mean that's the only differences but, I know. I believe <laughs> that the crocodiles have a more round head and alligators are a bit more pointed. Okay. But it's definitely something that's hard to like identify if it's chasing you. Yeah. Not that it matters because they're both eat you, but What is the, what is the weirdest service pet you've ever seen? Cuz I, I feel like I've I feel like I've seen like a like a naked mole rat, you know, or a gerbil or a service pet like that. But I, I, I you you see a lot of service dogs. Love service dogs. I think I've heard a, of a a service pig. Yeah, okay. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. That's not a bad one. Yeah, there's it, there's is smart. it a hairy is it a hairy pig or is it a naked pig? I think hairy. Eh, I'm kind of out on hairy pigs. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of feels disgusting. <laughs> Something about me, I want my pigs to be nothing but skin. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is about. That's a weird one. That's a weird one. All right, other story I wanted to get to is the guest list for USC against Colorado. All right, so obviously the biggest story in sports was Colorado, the Buffaloes. Deion Sanders, his son, Shador Sanders, a Heisman Trophy candidate, and they have been unbelievable this season. Well, Travis Hunter, uh, or Travis Henry, I believe it is, got hurt, and then they got blown out by the Oregon Ducks. Well, the next game on their schedule is USC, and we know USC has the star power with the Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams, with Lincoln Riley as the head coach, and a ton of great weapons on offense and defense. Well, think about this. This is the A-listers that are going to be at the game, all right? Give me a ding for this, or you can give me a dong if you don't believe in this as a, a true A-lister. But we'll start with Jay-Z will be at the game. USC against Colorado. Wonder if he's going to bring Beyonce uh, with him there. Uh, Snoop Dogg will be at the game. Lil Wayne ran out the tunnel for the Green Bay Packers. They lost that game, but now he's traveling, uh, and he will be at the Colorado against USC game. I No way, because I love Lil Wayne. Take that back, Stub. Take that back. I love Lil Weezy. I, I, I like him, too. I don't think he's an A-lister. You know, you, you know what? You might be right on that, because it has been a while since I've seen a good Lil Wayne song. I will say, though, he did just go viral for a verse he did on someone else's song. That's kind of what he's good for now. He's good for features. Pay him you know, six figures, he'll give you a feature. So that's not DJ, A-list. How about DJ Khaled? Is he A-list? Everyone really? knows DJ Khaled. They know who he is, but do we care to meet him? You know, I'd love to walked, meet him. Really? If he walked by and there were a bunch of other celebrities, I'd say, uh, another one. Yeah, give me another celebrity. Not this one. Not this fat, overweight guy with a terrible beard that he shaves every day and his stupid videos. I don't like DJ Khaled. You know what? I don't even like songs that he produces. My goodness. There's right. no way you don't like any of them. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just hating. Uh, Matthew McConaughey? Yes. Love Matthew McConaughey. You know, he actually did an interview with Kevin McCarthy. I'll see if I can pull this before the end of the show. McConaughey went into all these details about why he's a diehard Commanders fan, and he previewed the game against the Eagles. It's actually really entertaining stuff. Matthew McConaughey talking, uh, you know, like anything Commanders is must-listen to. It's awesome. Will Ferrell. Is Will Ferrell still A-list? Even though he hasn't yes. been in any good movies. He has really been lacking, but yeah. he's he's I think he's an A-lister for life. Stub, were you on the show when I was talking about I don't think this I think this was before your time when I was talking about the the feud between Will Farrell and Adam McKay. 
and how the two don't even speak with each other anymore, and that's why Will Ferrell's lost his fastball. Every movie he's ever done that's been good has been directed by Adam McKay. They got into a fight about who would be playing um, Jerry Buss in the Lakers documentary show, uh, Winning Time, and he went with the other guy, his stepbro, right, uh, John C. Riley, and because of that, Will Ferrell is so upset, he's not even speaking with him. I so think, I'm going to say, Will Ferrell, B-list now. I think Adam McKay's lost his fastball too, though. Yeah, you know, you thing. might be right about that. I, so I think that they might be mutually. What, what has he done recently? I guess I didn't like Vice. He was in no. Don't Look. He made Don't Look Up, which was horrible. I I thought it was entertaining. We uh, might be we might be disagreeing on that. Yeah. I I don't usually like Jennifer Lawrence, but I did like her and Timothy Chalamet in that in that movie. Uh, last but not least, LeBron and Bronny James will be in attendance. That's a pretty good crowd there. Pretty good crowd there to watch USC win by 40 points. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So real quick, I I wanted to go a little bit more into detail about my thoughts on why I don't believe any of those who say Sunday is a chance to get a moral victory. I mean, like, what kind of hell, what kind of thinking is that? What the hell is that? A moral victory? Yes, the commanders were blown out by the Buffalo Bills. They didn't need to get blown out in that game, all right? They also didn't need to kick the field goal at the end of the game. But you know what? Throughout the entire game, all four quarters, Eric Bieniemy was coaching this team to try and win that game. That's why he kept having Sam Howell drop back and throw the ball. He was thinking about, hey, could we possibly score 40 points in this fourth quarter and win? There was no thought in his mind here of, oh, yeah, it's a terrible defeat. We'll get him next week. We'll get a moral victory next week. There's just there's no coaches that ever think about that. And so there was some talk this week about should the commanders have pulled Sam Howell when the team was down 30 to nothing? And the answer is absolutely no. Because you're trying to win the game for all four quarters. And that's been Washington's problem for years. And it's not just an uh, a Ron Rivera thing. Jay Gruden had the same issue. Shanahan had the same issue for basically 20 years. Washington hasn't played all four quarters. We always start slow. Linnell said the joke Chris Russell says, the, the commanders usually don't start playing until 2.30. How many times have you seen this team getting blown out in the first quarter? You know, or they can't even get a first down in the first quarter. Think back to the Lions game last year. We're down 20 to nothing at half, all right? That kind of stuff can't happen. It can't happen. You have to try hard for all four quarters. That's why I say you don't take Sam Howell out. You let him battle through it. You don't just run the ball in the fourth quarter even though you're down 37 nothing. No, you try to throw. You try to get some touchdowns and get your team back in it. I don't care if the score is 100 to 0. You keep trying to win. There's no such thing as a moral victory. A win is a win. It'll always be a win. A tie is a tie, and a loss is a loss. And there's no such thing as a moral victory because you know what? If the commanders at the end of the year you know, have nine wins, they're not going to say, oh, they have nine wins, but they're in the playoffs because they have two moral victories, and the Giants only have one moral victory. That's ludicrous. That's crazy talk. That's not real. That's not real at all. What's real is at the end of the game, you get a W or you get an L. All right, the Washington Commanders took a big fat L against the Bills. Doesn't matter how big or how small it was, it was a loss. All right, and it was a thirty to seven to three butt whooping. But I think this team can bounce back, and I think that was the perfect way to go out on a Sunday before a divisional rivalry game. Have everything go wrong. 
Sam Howell throws four interceptions. Antonio Gibson fumbles the ball again. The defense lost Josh Allen, run for 50 yards. They let Gabe Davis get open for a 50-yard touchdown pass. All the mistakes happened last week. Now it's on film. And you know what? It's up to this coaching staff to make sure that it's correctable. To make sure that they watch the film and they don't make the same mistake twice. That's my biggest complaint. I don't want to see the same mistake twice. Sam Howell was called Mr. Autocorrect all offseason. Let's see if that's real when it comes to real action on Sunday. Is he going to throw and have the linebacker pick him off because he didn't see the linebacker dropping back like the Bills did? Is he going to run out, roll out, and then throw into a tight window and have it get picked off and return for a touchdown because he didn't think uh, he thought he could throw it over the head of the linebacker? Is he going to roll out and then run into a sack nine different times like he did against the Bills? I need Sam Howell to show me that he can improve, to show me that he can make some changes. And and so that's what I'm looking for this Sunday. I'm not looking for a moral victory. I'm hoping it can be a close game, but I don't care if it's a close loss. A loss is a loss. We need this to be a win. I told you guys before the season, this is a chance here to win the division. It's up for grabs. They have not had a back-to-back divisional champion in 20 years. All right, That tells me the trend says it's not going to be the Eagles. Well, then you look, who's next? Well, the Dallas Cowboys just got their butt whooped by the Arizona Cardinals, and they lost their best corner for the year. Well, then who's next? Well, the Giants, they look like a show of themselves this season. The division, to me, is up for grabs if Commanders can get a win on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mentioned last segment that my buddy Kevin McCarthy, BDK, who used to work on the Sports Junkies and now joins them every Friday, posted a video on his Instagram, Kevin McCarthy TV, a conversation in which he had with Matthew McConaughey and his passion for the commanders. Let's roll the clip. Obviously, this is airing in D.C., so I have to start off real quick. I know you're a commanders fan. Um, That loss yesterday was really brutal, but uh, we are we did start off the season pretty strong with the first two wins. Just curious what your thoughts are on Sam Howell, the new ownership. I mean, mean, it's so cool that you're a fan. I know you're from, you know, it's an interesting story about how you're a fan, so. Yeah, I've been a fan since I was four years old. Uh, growing up outside of Dallas, I was the only one. Besides my friend across the street, Scott Smith. He's out there. If you listen to Scott, Shout out you to and Scott I were the Smith. only <laughs> one. I mean, I went to went to, uh, um, went to games when, when Washington would come play Dallas in Texas Stadium wearing nothing but a chamois wrapped around my waist, <laughs> painted burgundy with a headset on the 50-yard line, man. Um, I uh, um, got busted because I'd sneak out of church just to go catch Pat Summer on the radio, radio calling that noon game and church wasn't out till 12, 15. And I'd sneak out and I was like, I'll take the consequences. I'll take this <laughs> man. We watched it, we watched it within a month. When, when Washington was on Monday night football, it was the one night that my parents were like, all right, no curfew. And I was like, I'll be up. I got my school stuff done. I'll be up tomorrow. Morning. I can so stay as late as I wanted when, when Washington was on Monday night football. Um, you know, I sang, I was at the last game and, uh, uh, um, what well, Jack can cook. I was at the first game. Of, I was at the last game at RFK. I was at the first game in FedEx Field. I got I got a, a mason jar with burgundy soil from the end zone in RFK that I ran down and dug up there at the end of the game. I've sung the national anthem with Rigo on the sidelines. Um, big fan of Joe Gibbs, uh, um, the Hogs. I've been to the Hall of Fame. I've been there, there with with a lot of them uh, uh, there in DC. Been a lifelong fan, and now we got a new era. Um, and um, you know, it. I just had lunch with Josh Harris the other day in New York, and we chatted. At, at that time, 
at that time when we had lunch, I said, you're the only undefeated NFL owner. <laughs> and then I will you know, right? I love this. I love like, yes, Matthew I McConaughey. Chris, that, that's enough right there. If you want to hear more of Matthew McConaughey's conversation about the commanders with Kevin McCarthy, BDK, follow him on social media at Kevin McCarthy TV. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, I will still give you guys my official prediction for commanders against Eagles, but hold your horses. Coming up next. We step behind enemy lines. Be enemy lines with Chris McPherson, Eagles reporter, coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, live and local as we are here in Richmond, Virginia, from 12 to 3 p.m. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every Commanders game can be heard Right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, with a full two-hour pregame show and a two-hour postgame show available around the area, also on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We've been talking all day about the Commanders matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles, and We've got the professor from Mechanicsville on the line. I know the professor. I think he's an Eagles fan. What's going on? What's going on, Awad? Um, I was just wondering a matchup question since uh, the Hogs aren't watching, walking through that door. Um, how do you see the re- or excuse me the Commanders O line matching up against Jalen Carter who, and uh, Jordan Davis, who got that big safety? They like knocked over the. Bucks uh, linemen like bowling pins and got a safety Monday. So I wonder your thoughts in that matchup. Yeah, here's what I'll say is those two guys are impressive, but Hassan Reddick is the guy that really scares me. It's his speed off the edge, and speed has always destroyed commander's tackles. That's an interesting matchup against Andrew Wiley. It's a rematch from last year's Super Bowl. If Reddick is able to use his speed and get around the edge, that's where I could see Sam Howell you know, coughing it up with a sack fumble. So I am worried about the, the defensive line for the Eagles, but as an Eagles fan, you should be worried about your defensive line handling the screen game. The commanders are number one in the NFL in running screens correctly this year. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Reddick had, like, a thumb injury, and he just got some, like, cast off. So watch oh. out, they'd say. But, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I'm scared of the matchup. Commanders won last year, so it should be a good game. But Well, let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, let me ask you this, Professor. Do you believe that the Eagles are the best 3-0 and team in football? I can't say that. I'd say um, – it's Dolphins and Niners. Um, yeah. I'd say they're the third best three, you know, team because Jalen looks a little off passing this year. He just hasn't really gotten a full sync. But he he was better last week. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say he just doesn't look the twenty twenty two. The first two games he looked like he's twenty twenty one, where he only scrambles to the right and chucks it out of bounds. So um, I would say yeah, they're third best three and O team. But there's still time. They're still gelling. Appreciate the call. Thanks for chiming in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We go out to the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for a special guest. A segment we're doing every single week here on AWOD Radio. It is behind the enemy lines, or as I've been calling it, behind B enemy lines. How can the Eagles stop offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy? And from the Eagles right now, senior manager and digital media with the Eagles, it's Chris McPherson. What's going on, Chris? 
Hey, Wad, it's been a while, man. It got me chuckling over the play on words for uh, the name of the segment there. It's very well done. Very well done, to say the least. Well, let's, let's start right there. How do you think the Eagles plan to stop Eric Bieniemy's high-powered offense? I mean, the defensive line and uh, the professor from Mechanicsburg, I think, hit the nail on the head with the way the defensive line has opened up the season. And, I, and to your point, to follow up on what you said, Hassan Reddick hasn't even gotten going yet this season. He has no sacks in the first three games. And if you go back to last year, he didn't have any sacks in the first two games. There might have been some concern over, is he off to a slow start, the big ticket free in addition? And all of a sudden, he broke out for one and a half against the Washington Commanders in week three when the Eagles won uh, the first of the two matchups last season there. So this defensive line has just been outstanding. And actually, don't forget about, the you call him the old man, but Fletcher Cox has been re-energized by the youth that Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Milton Williams, a third-year player, that what they've brought to the table, he, he feels juiced uh, being in that defensive line room. And the Eagles' philosophy has been to build through the trenches, to be able to come at you in waves and you know knock on whatever from a health standpoint. They've been able to do that and keep all these players fresh. So all these players have been able to be on the field for maybe 30, 40 snaps in the game. Certainly when you have an offense that runs out the final nine minutes and 22 seconds of the clock, you know, Awad, that's going to help you there. But, um, you know, I, I think you really brought up a good point there that the edge rushers haven't really taken off. And don't forget about Josh Sweat, a pro bowler on the other side of Reddick. Those guys haven't really taken off yet. This could be the week for that. But the defensive line has just been simply outstanding. Um, and we pair it with the veterans in the, on the back back end of the defense with Slay and James Bradbury, who – has moved inside to nickel now in, in those uh, sub-packages and to the slot there. Um, it's, it's a lot for an offensive handle. But, look, this Eagles defense, they respect the heck out of what Sam Howell has done in those first two games, okay? And uh, they, they feel like last week was just a blemish for them. They know that it's going to be a, a feisty, hungry team looking to avenge that loss uh, this Sunday at the link. Yeah, it's truly been a roller coaster with Sam Howell. So many highs and they're super high, and then the lows, they were really low last week. But I don't think it's going to be Sam Howell as much as it's going to be the running game. As if you look back at last season when the Commanders were successful against the Eagles, it was 156 rushing yards. How have the Eagles fared defensively stopping the run in the first few weeks of this season? Number one, number one in the league so far from every statistical measure. And, you know, again, it goes back to the guys up front. Um, and I'll add in Zach Cunningham, who was on the street at the start of training camp. The Eagles had some injuries at the linebacker position, and they plucked the veteran off, and uh, he's fit in well and has been a thumper there in the middle of the defense there. So, um, again, it's the defensive line you know, you talk about Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, the growth that he's had from year one to year two. I think when the Eagles selected him 13th overall coming out of Georgia last year, they figured at the very least his floor was going to be he'd be an outstanding run defender. And he has been that, and he's been able to bring some of the pass rush element to the table as well. And the professor mentioned the play that led to the safety uh, on Monday night against the, the Buccaneers. But, it, again, it starts with, with up front. But it also goes to, you know, Sean Desai, new defensive coordinator, the philosophy of just swarming to the football. Whenever, you know, someone gets past the first level of defense, you're seeing on the screen four, five, six Eagles jerseys swarming to the football. Um, you know, we talked about Jalen Carter, and I'll bring up the hustle play that he had to force a fumble where, uh, you know, he actually came off the rush, 
you know, was running to chase down a play and was able to punch the ball out of Bucks running back Rashad White's arm. Uh, it was recovered by Brad Berry and, you know, got the Eagles offense the ball back. It's, it's just been a hustle mentality that's been contagious throughout the course of the defense. And, again, it goes back to being able to keep the guys fresh. But, you know, it's seeing those early results come to fruition on the field that you realize, okay, this stuff is working. You know, what coach has been preaching has been able to, you know, show itself on the field. Let's keep this thing rolling. So this has just been a very attack-oriented, swarming uh, defensive line early on in the season. And, you know, when you have a team like the Bucks who struggle to get the pass game going on Monday night, you know, you're able just to lock in and just eliminate that facet of the offensive game plan. Chris McPherson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, CMAC Eagles, Senior Manager Digital Media for the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think about the Commander's roster? Worries Eagles fans and the Eagles coaching staff. What do you think has been keeping them up at night, if anything, this week about the Commander's roster? I mean, you can go on both sides of the ball. Again, I think there are, you know, we keep talking about the Eagles defense, but there are tremendous playmakers on the perimeter. Uh, Terry McLaurin is one of the league's best and probably underrated wide receivers, and he's had some great games against the Eagles in his time here. And it's going to be a fascinating matchup to see how do the Eagles play with Darius Slay. You know, do they follow him? Um, sort of like how Slay shadowed. Uh, Justin Jefferson two weeks ago against the Minnesota Vikings, or are you going to allow McLaurin to pick a side and possibly go against a second-year player in Josh Job, who's been thrust into the starting role on the outside with the injury to Avante Max, forcing James Bradbury to nickel. So don't underestimate the big playability because of the fact that Washington is not shy about taking its shots down the field. And then, obviously, we talk about the Eagles defensive line. Everybody knows how good this Washington defensive line is with four first-round draft picks left to right there. Um, Stack and able to come at you with Chase Young, you know, back healthy and showing why he was the number two overall pick just a few years ago. So, and that's the, you know, the unit that gave the Eagles so many problems in the matchup last year. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts has won 20 of his last 21 regular season starts, Okay. The loss is to the Washington Commanders at Lincoln Financial Field. It wasn't even in Washington. It was at the Lake. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a sloppy performance on offense, four turnovers. You know, it, it's something that was just unbecoming of what we've seen Jalen Hurts and his Eagles offense do so well the last year plus. So, um, certainly, again, the big play explosiveness on the offensive side. And then we look at the uh, Commanders' defense, that defensive line. And, again, they're – you know, they're fast and feisty on the, on the back end. You know, Manuel Forbes, love how they're just getting him involved uh, right off the bat there. So, you know, it's going to be a true test. You Again, you got like two heavyweight showdowns, you know, between the Eagles defensive line and the commander's offensive line, but then flip it around to when yeah. the Eagles offensive line, which has been downright dominant in its own right, number two in the league in, in rushing yards, um, doing a great job of protecting Jalen, and then the commanders and what they boast up front. Yeah, great stuff, man. Really good insight. I, I like how you brought up Josh Job. I do think the Commanders will go after him. Maybe not as much with McLaurin, but we haven't seen Josh uh, Jahan Dotson get open as much this season as we expected, so maybe that's the matchup that they'll look after here. Well, let me ask you this last question here. Jalen Hurts is blank percentage healthy right now. Is it 100%? Is it 90 Is it 70 What would you say? I don't, I don't – you know, he had the flu-like symptoms – during the game the other night, um, outside of that, I don't, I have no reason to believe that there's any health 
or injury-related issues going on. I think it's a combination of, you know, you're working and getting in sync with the new offense coordinator and Brian Johnson, who was his quarterback's coach the last couple of years. So, obviously, he's seen the offense and, you know, was very involved in the game-playing aspect, but there's a difference to being the guy who is relaying the play calls in on game day. And I think Brian Johnson, to his credit, has evolved since the first game. And I think it's just a matter of, this run game has been so, so good early on that it's like, look, if teams aren't going to take it away, if teams aren't going to stop it, why, why, why should we? If something's working, yeah. if it's if it ain't broke, why, why fix it? And, you know, the other thing is the Eagles have faced some really good defenses to, to start the season. And I, from, I, I should also say from a well-coached and in terms of, the pressures, the exotic pressures that they'll bring, where you have a Bill Belichick Patriots defense, which is so fundamentally sound across the board and plays so well together. You go to the Brian Flores, you know, blitz happy defense in Minnesota, where you know they're they're stacking guys in the A gaps and they're bluffing who's going to come at you on every single snap. And then you go to Todd Bowles, who who loves to bring pressure and is not shy about it on in uh, Tampa Bay. So. You know, they, they faced some interesting defenses the first couple of weeks of the season. And I, I think it's also – this is something that, that I thought about. Uh, I don't know if you watched the quarterback series with, with yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, like. And I, I bring it up because, you know, it was painful to watch, obviously, at the end of the season there with the Super Bowl and all. But the Chiefs overcame a lot of adversity throughout the course of the season. And it showed in the biggest moments there when they were down – in the second half against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And when you look at what the Eagles had to go through, the Eagles were just breezing by teams, you know, outside of the blemish against the Commanders and then the couple of games that Jalen missed. I mean, this team was on cruise control, dominating the opposition, and you get to the playoffs, you have a bye, and then you smoke the Giants, and you have a, a 49ers team that didn't have a quarterback, yeah. you know, in the fir- after the first quarter. And then all of a sudden – you got to face adversity, and it's not something that they, they're accustomed to. So I, I think something that's benefiting this team early on is they're dealing with a little bit of injury adversity, but I think also the games are just going to be a tougher slog for them this season with the schedule, the way it's played out. And I think it was imperative for them to get off to a good start when you look at the teams they're facing later in the season. And to be 3-0 and at this point and with the chance to go 4-0 and against a commander's team that, you know, I, I was asked in the preseason on a – on a radio hit about, you know, the NFC East, and it was almost like the commanders were an afterthought. And I'm, I tell you, I'm like, don't, you know, A, the commanders were the team that beat the Eagles last season with Jalen Hurts at quarterback during the regular season. But, B, you cannot dismiss the division rivalry and the fact that the way these teams match up is always, always, always uh, a very difficult matchup. This NFC East from top to bottom is so darn good, even though the Giants have not been as good as they were last season, but I think that's really going to benefit the Eagles in the long run, even though, you know, they're not looking like I'll, I'll say the Georgia Bulldogs uh, like they were last season. Again, fans obviously know the Eagles have drafted all these Georgia Bulldogs the last couple of seasons. You know, they blew through the opposition last year. That hasn't been the case, but that doesn't mean in the long run that they're not going to be a better team for it. Chris, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. That's Chris McPherson. Follow him on social media, CMAC Eagles. Thanks, dude. Hey, Watts, always great to catch up with you, man. Talk to you soon. Yep, that was fun. Going to be a good one on Sunday. Commanders at Eagles right here. You can hear it on 910 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Final segment of the week coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. 
Always available around the country on the Odyssey app. And if you missed any of the show today, it was a fun show. A lot of great guests, a couple of cool callers. Uh, always available on the Odyssey app to rewind or just check out the podcast. It's ready for you when you want to listen. Maybe on your ride home. It's always available by 4 p.m. It's a full hour best of AWOD radio. Just search AWOD radio on iTunes, Spotify, or more. We've been doing our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool and um, Stub, you are eliminated. Can I convince you to buy back in? I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> you don't want to give another $5 and put it right into my pocket because I'm going to win this survivor pool. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Here's, the th- here's what I'll say. If you re-enter for another $5 and I win, I will take the staff at 910 The Fan out for dinner with my 250 bucks that I win. That's, that's how confident I am that I'm going to win. Uh, but with that being said, I do not like my pick that I'm going with. I've already used the Ravens, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins, so i got to use a, a bad team here. i gotta, I got to look through the Sunday slate and find a bad team that's going to get a good road win. And that's the Minnesota Vikings. I picked Kirk Cousins to be MVP. He certainly looks like an MVP with 1,000 yards passing and nine touchdowns, but his team is 0-3. And I don't think that they are the worst 0-3 football team in the NFL. I think that's the Carolina Panthers. And if Bryce Young is playing Sunday, which it looks like he's going to try to play through that shoulder injury, I like the Vikings to win and win easily. Maybe win by double digits. Maybe win by 30. Give me the Vikings in our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. Now, over to AWOD Certified Game of the Week. This is AWOD Certified Game of the Week. Officially recognized as the NFL game this weekend that is certain to meet the qualifications or viewing standards set by football guys around the country. Touchdown! 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 Diving for the left pylon. He's in for the touchdown. Guaranteed to be a football guy's football game. And I think it's pretty obvious for this Sunday I'm going to take the obvious answer. It's the Dolphins at the Bills. It's the Dolphins who just scored 70 points against the Bills who just put up 37. It's the Bills at home as they are always Super Bowl favorites or have been in the last two or three years uh, to represent the AFC. If it's not going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, everyone's looking at the Bills with Josh Allen. Is there a window of opportunity to win a Lombardi Trophy ending this year? I kind of think it is. The Dolphins are on the come up. They were good last year to start the season, and then Tua got hurt. Well, he's been healthy this year, 1,024 yards, passing eight touchdowns. But really, it's been all about his wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, and how Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel is cheating by putting Tyreek Hill in motion to the right or to the left and letting him getting a running start. It's been impossible to guard him. 25 receptions for 412 yards. Uh, give me Dolphins Bills as my game of the week. I will pick the Commanders to defeat the Eagles because if I don't, why am I going to watch on Sunday? Give me the Commanders to win 27-24 over the Eagles. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.